Most of us have unconsciously assumed the modern feminist lie that housework is menial, unfulfilling work that we should hire out if we at all can. Then we wonder why we can't get any traction in our housework, no matter how many systems we try. We spend our time thinking that it's dumb work, it's easy work, it's mundane work. We should just do it and get it out of the way. Thinking this way, we get nowhere. Hi, I'm Misty Winkler, homemaker, homeschool mom, and author of the new book, Simplified Organization, Learn to Love What Must Be Done. It's all about the six skills of homemaking, and half of them are mental emotional skills for a reason. We need to change our approach, our mindset about homemaking, about housework, before we'll find any joy or satisfaction in it. But joy and satisfaction and traction are totally possible, no matter the state of your home right now. It's really our disrespect of housework that prevents us from making progress and seeing traction. Even if we have chosen to stay at home with our kids to prioritize our role as homemaker, most of us still assume that housework is simple, basic, brainless work that we should be able to get ahead on with just a little bit more discipline and elbow grease. Housework is not simple, brainless work. Homemaking is not menial. So this whole week, I'm doing a series with the six skills of homemaking that I develop more in my book. And today we're talking all about skill number one, tell yourself true stories. Before my husband began working from home about eight years ago, we would stay in touch throughout the day through Slack, an instant messaging app, basically texting questions, stories to one another throughout the day. I had all small children in the house, and it was helpful to bounce ideas not only off another adult, but also with my husband and the father of my children. But I had a bit of a rude awakening when my husband started working from home. He didn't need my storytelling skills anymore. He saw the real story in progress whenever he came up to get a drink of water or use the bathroom. I realized that unintentionally, I had not been telling him true stories about our day. When I was sending him messages, telling him what was happening, I wasn't reporting bare facts. I was spinning a yarn that was not fully accurate. I had woven stories together for him to help him understand how things were going. It wasn't that they were factually untrue, 
but the tenor of the stories that I told was shaped by my own self-pity and discontent. I didn't even recognize my filter of self-pity until he would walk up the stairs and suddenly I'd see the scene in progress from his eyes instead of my own. My own eyes, it turns out, were colored, lending a hue that jaundiced the whole thing. None of us are ever just recounting bare facts to ourselves. We're always adding color commentary to those facts. What color is our commentary? What is the inner narrator in your head telling you? What filter are we streaming our life through inside our own heads? Is it one of gratitude and humor or one of discontent and discouragement? Both of these are layers of interpretation added on top of the facts. And the gratitude version is the true version. The discontent turns the story into a lie. So are you telling yourself the truth? Or are you lying to yourself about your life? You can't grow in the skills of homemaking until you know and repeat the truth of your situation and yourself to yourself. So there are three simple ways that we can practice telling ourselves a true version of our life scenarios instead of false ones. First, we can take feelings of irritation and self-pity and discouragement as cues that our inner narrator is off kilter. Stop and reframe the story. Notice your perspective. Notice your interpretation. And then try again. Tell the story over again. Start back from the beginning with the perspective of gratitude. This is repentance. Recognizing our sinful, ungrateful perspective and rejecting it, replacing it with an obedient perspective instead. After all, if you are a Christian, you are covered with Christ's forgiveness. And so repentance is always possible. It's always a viable way forward. We don't need to be good enough or strong enough or smart enough on our own. When we repent, we're grabbing hold of Christ's obedience for us and then applying it personally and actively. Second, choose truth to meditate on. Instead of rehashing our complaints inside our heads over and over again, we need to give ourselves quick and easy truths to latch our minds onto. And then we need to repeat those to ourselves instead. 
write a quote, a motto, a Bible verse on an index card or a post-it note and put it right at eye level on a mirror or in front of your kitchen sink, on your planner, somewhere or everywhere, you will see it often. And whenever you see it, think about it. Spend three seconds noticing it, saying it to yourself, filing it away. Then you'll find that thought popping into your head at applicable moments. Third, take five minutes to brain dump all the things in your life that aren't the way you want them to be for any reason. Just get those thoughts out of your head onto paper where you can see them. Then take another five minutes and pray about what you wrote down on that brain dump. Let your anxiety and self-centeredness be replaced by peace and God-focused joy. Skillful homemakers are homemakers whose hearts are tuned to God's grace, not tuned to songs of self-glorification or self-pity. Homemaking is personal, so our persons matter in every skill and every step of the way. Next up, I'll have step two for becoming a more skillful homemaker. Once it's up, I'll link to it right here. If it's not there yet, then you just better subscribe so you don't miss out on this week-long series with all six steps of cheerful, competent Christian homemaking. Let's dive into the new year with a refreshed perspective and renewed diligence in our work at home. We do that by repenting, rejoicing, and repeating.